was AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for February 14th, 2022. I am JD from New York, and this is your word of the day. This is your word of the day, folks. We are not in the venue just yet. I have to give you guys a lesson in vocabulary today. Bruce, I choose you, man. I see you sitting in the back of the classroom hiding from the teacher, bro. I see you. Bruce, can you give me the definition of desperation? Desperation. The definition of desperation is as follows, ladies and gentlemen. Loss of hope and surrender to despair or a state of hopelessness leading to rashness. That is the definition. That is the word of the day right here on Off the Script. And this is the OTS venue. Thank you guys very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. Monday Night Raw was complete and utter dog shit, but Vince McMahon. Doesn't have a problem with the show. He doesn't find that the show needs to be changed. Nothing is wrong with the show, says Vince McMahon. Oh, really? Really, man? Listen, I'll come to Stanford, Connecticut, Vince. I'll give you a fucking list of things wrong longer than Bruce Pritchard's grocery bill. Nothing's wrong with the fucking show, man. Where were you during this entire three hours of the show today, man? Really, where were you? Nothing wrong with the goddamn show. Oh, but, but, but they made a billion dollars last year. They make 50 million a quarter. Or whatever the fuck you're talking about. I never seen so many fi- financial advisors in my entire life, man. Holy shit. I didn't know I was watching JP Morgan Chase instead of a WWE fucking wrestling program. Jesus fucking Christ, man. It's all I hear. I got so many fucking financial... There's more financial advisors in the wrestling community than there are people who actually are a fan of the sport. It's unbelievable. I see Christian in the chat with a 99.99 super chat, man. Holy shit, we're starting the week off right on off the script. My goodness. My goodness. Happy Valentine's Day, Christian. Hopefully, you enjoyed your day today. We will read the Super Chats 
in just, uh, not really just a little bit, at the end of the show. But if we get more bombs like that, I will read them in just a little bit. Thank you to Christian in the chat with the $100 bomb here tonight on the post show for Monday Night Raw. Might as well get into it, man. Might as well get into it. WWE apparently is begging. They won't use that terminology in the reports. They won't use that on Fightful. They won't use that on Bleacher Reports. You won't see the Wrestle Geeks out there using such terminology that is, oh my goodness, so against WWE. WWE begging Stone Cold Steve Austin to come back for one more match at WrestleMania in Dallas, Texas. Really now? My goodness, man. Well, that's quite the upgrade from Shane McMahon. I guess now we know who WWE wanted to replace Shane McMahon with, and that man is Stone Cold Steve Austin. WWE is trying to book Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens for WrestleMania in Dallas. Now, if you guys have been watching the show, <laughs> have been watching Monday Night Raw. Nobody watches Monday Night Raw. I mean, Jeff Lowney, give me a break, man. Nobody's watching this fucking shit. Have you guys been watching Monday Night Raw? <laughs> oh, shit. Only losers like me have to watch this fucking show, man. And the rest of the geeks in the community that do this podcast thing. If you guys have been watching Monday Night Raw, you will have seen Kevin Owens claim that he loves the state of Texas. He is a big advocate for everybody in Texas. Texas fans love him. He wanted to be in the Elimination Chamber. And then Sonya Deville said, nope, those uh, those final spots have already been determined. And then she said, well, Listen, you know, I, I know you want to go to the chamber. The chamber goes to Mania. You may, not, you may not even be at WrestleMania. Now that we're talking about it, Kevin Owens is like, oh, I have to be at WrestleMania. I have to be in Dallas. Dallas loves me. The fans love me. I had some of my biggest career accolades in Dallas, Texas. So he comes out on tonight's show, does Kevin Owens, and, and he claims that he hates Dallas, Texas, that he loathes Dallas, Texas. And then all I seen are the check marks, you know, the goody two shoes check marks on social media, you know, the ones that don't really engage in anything negative on WWE programming. They were all cryptically tweeting that there was a, a major news break tonight during Monday Night Raw. I'm asking myself, what, what, what could it be? Are there more releases? Are they releasing before they fly out to Saudi Arabia? Was Triple H given his future endeavors? Was NXT canceled? I don't, I don't know. It could have been a, a, a plethora of things tonight. And then when I saw the article, WWE is reportedly wanting to bring back and book Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. I'm saying to myself, Jesus fucking Christ, I really do wish it was Triple H getting fired from WWE. At least we would have had some fucking excitement in the community. At least there would have been another major talking point in the community. I, I looked at that, I rolled my eyes, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Is this, is, is this what people are getting excited about nowadays? Another aging legend 
coming back. Now, I love Stone Cold Steve Austin just like everybody else. He's on Mount Rushmore, one of the greatest to ever do it. The guy that is the person responsible for the Attitude Era leading the charge. He is right underneath the rock in that entire period of WWE legends. I would even say he's above The Rock. The Rock is a bigger deal because he's Mr. Hollywood. But who is responsible for the Attitude Era? It is Stone Cold Steve Austin. What he did with Bret Hart, some of the greatest storytelling in the entire lineage of professional wrestling. We got Uahey with a $100 super chat. He just wants to say hello, he says. My goodness, man, I wish more people would say hello with a $100 fucking super chat. Ooh, hey, thank you so very much, bro, and welcome to the fucking venue. What are you drinking? Your drinks tonight are on me. Mount Rushmore, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Everybody loves him, man. Everybody loves Stone Cold. We have nothing negative to say about Stone Cold. He's a talented guy, very smart guy, very loyal guy is Stone Cold Steve Austin. We know his history with neck issues. We all know what happened on that fateful night in 1997 at SummerSlam in New Jersey where he took a spike pile driver from Owen Hart at SummerSlam that year. And that was it. He did win the Intercontinental Championship, but his career was never going to be the same moving forward after that night. There was one moment that I wanted to see Stone Cold Steve Austin come back. And that was during a major, major potential buildup. And I, I believe it was something to do with one of the earlier WWE 2K games. It was like WWE 13 or 14, something along those lines. I don't remember what year it was. Maybe you guys in the chat are a little bit more uh, up to date on the, on the years of the video game. There was a sit-down with Jim Ross and Stone Cold Steve Austin and CM Punk. That was the one and only time I would have loved to see Stone Cold come out of retirement and do his wrestling thing once again. That was it. After that, I didn't really care who he was in the ring with, if if at all, ever again. Now we fast forward to 2000. It was WWE 13. Okay. Now we fast forward to 2022. WWE is looking at a two-night WrestleMania. This is not a one-night WrestleMania. This is a two-night WrestleMania. WWE's been doing two nights for the last couple of years. I think it's the better way to go about it. WWE has a very daunting task this year. In Dallas, Texas at AT AT&T Stadium. WWE is going to fill a lot of fucking seats, hopefully. Hopefully, 100,000 to be exact. They won't reach that on either night, and they'll blow up the numbers like they usually do because everything's got to be the biggest thing ever in WWE. If it's 70,000, they'll pretend it's 90,000. If it's 80,000, they'll pretend they reached the max limit in AT&T Stadium. They do it every fucking show. But they have to sell 100,000 tickets on night one and night two of WrestleMania this year, WrestleMania 38. I get why they are looking at Stone Cold Steve Austin. I get it. I'm a, I, I'm a businessman myself. I, this is all, all 
self-operated. I run my business. I do all my things. My, my whole daily activity is me. I run this fucking show. The entire thing that you see in here, I run it all. Through this fucking stream deck right here, I run it all. This Elgato stream deck. This is all me. I, I know how to run my business. I take care of my social media. I have one person who does a lot of the reaching out to advertisers for me. I have to go back and forth with them on email, right? I got my management team, Hoop Media, does all that for me. T-shirts, this and that, getting the merchandise made. I I have help on that side of things, but everything that you see here as far as what the channel produces on a daily basis and the direction of the channel, it's all me. I'm a self-employed business owner. Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back to WWE for WrestleMania is a business move. Is it going to be to Stone Cold's liking? Is he going to be in the mindset where he goes back on what he said only a year ago to come back for a major payday? The thing is, we all get it. But the thing is, and the thing that bothers me, is the fact that people blatantly ignore the fucking problems. I'm not here to listen to financial advisors' eggs on social media with fucking bot-generated accounts. I'm not here to do that. You want to go be a financial advisor? Go work at Capital One. Go work at J.P. Morgan Chase. Get the fuck off Twitter. If you were that smart, you'd have a real-life job instead of trolling everybody else in the fucking community that's more successful than you. I don't need financial fucking advisement, okay? I get why WWE is doing what they're doing. But every time, every single time you come to me with, oh, they got to sell tickets. Oh, this is a business move. Oh, WWE generated $1 billion in revenue last year. Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Block, block, block. It is now getting tiresome to hear the same fucking excuse Every single time, every single argument, when you go to that excuse, you are basically surrendering and waving the white flag. You're defeated before you even make a fucking point because you wanted to start off with, oh, they made a billion. Oh, money, 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 money. Financial advisors giving me pro wrestling fucking tips. Go fuck yourself. You've already... Surrendered in defeat. I want to hear nothing that comes out of your mouth. You add nothing of value to the overall discussion of WWE and where they sit right now on a weekly basis. I don't give a shit how much money they're making. I don't give a fuck how much money Nick Khan and Vince McMahon are bringing in. I don't give a shit how much stock Kevin Dunn has. I don't give a shit how much stock Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are selling off. I don't give a shit where WWE goes. I don't give a shit who buys them out. I don't give a shit how much money their TV deals make. I don't give a shit how much money they're fucking taking from Saudi Arabia. I don't care and neither should you. Do you have stock in the company that you're selling off? Probably not. 
You can't even spell the word fucking stock. You're making 525 at Burger King, and you're being a financial advisor to all of us in the community about how much money WWE is making, man. I didn't ask you for fucking financial tips, okay? Make sure my fries are golden crisp, okay? And please, two slices of American cheese on my double Whopper, you fucking geek. And I take a parfait, too, please, if they still sell one. Parfaits. McDonald's got some fucking good parfaits, man. It's unbelievable. But, but, but they made a billion. I got a billion fucking reasons why the show is god-awful. You've already surrendered. I don't want to hear a fucking thing out of your mouth. I get why WWE is doing it. But the thing is, they're doing it and they're actively exposing themselves for all of the neglect that they've shown over the years and the fucking creative failure that they are in 2022. I am going to read you something from both John Cena and Stone Cold Steve Austin. John Cena said this last year when he was back against Roman Reigns. They even fucked that up. How they fucked that up, I have no idea. Goes to show you that WWE doesn't have a creative fucking brain cell in their collective heads. Stone Cold Steve Austin, I don't know who he interviewed. I believe it was Chris Jericho. He said this last year when he interviewed Chris Jericho, of all people. Somebody that's in the same age bracket as he is, who works for All Elite Wrestling. John Cena. John Cena says WWE's future will be less stable the longer they bet on aging prospects. McDonald's don't have Whoppers. Bruh, I don't give a shit. You want to fucking lower your standards and eat fast food? Then by all means, ingest cancerous bullshit in your fucking body. Whoppers, Big Macs, fucking parfaits, Dave's special recipes. I don't give a shit. You eat fast food, you're fucking killing yourself on the daily, bro. I don't give a shit what is where, okay? So anybody claiming that I don't know my fucking fast food, get them the fuck out of here, man. Get them the fuck out of the, ve- out of the venue. John Cena says WWE's future will be less stable the longer they bet on aging prospects. John Cena said this on Wrestling Inc. There's two ways you can go. You're told you suck every day. You can swallow or wallow in that shame and believe that opinion, or you can look yourself in the mirror and realize you are enough. That allows me to do things that are a little bit obscure in some sense, most of the time wearing very little clothing. He was talking about his movies here. Then he goes on to talk about his WWE run. That included a Raw and SmackDown appearance building to Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Despite the babyface reactions he's received since returning, Cena knew his role in WWE would be a more uh, supporting role and a mentor figure these days. Man, I wish there was some sort of fountain of youth where I could be a full-time contributor, he says. The longer they continue to bet on an aging prospect, That makes WWE's future a little bit less stable. 
I used to chastise people for not wanting to work as efficiently as the WWE. And as a young man, I failed big. I was judgmental and I was apprehensive and I wanted to be back in the ring because I loved that immediate gratification. End quote. I was very grateful that I was at least self-aware enough to know I was really effing up big time. End quote. John Cena, you're going to tell me John Cena is wrong? You're going to tell me John Cena is wrong? John Cena, a future Hall of Famer, a legend, somebody that could easily be on the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling in some circles, depending on who you ask and who you talk to. You mean to tell me that what John Cena said there is untrue? John Cena is misinformed in that, right? So if John Cena is saying it, John fucking Cena is saying it, then when I say it, why am I wrong? But John Cena feels the same way and thinks the same way. Again, let me reiterate what he said. The longer they continue to bet on an aging prospect, that makes WWE's future a little bit less stable. End quote. WWE has no future. There's no stability in WWE's future. The future was fired over the last two and a half years. 200 professional wrestlers were fired from WWE because of WWE's creative bankruptcy and WWE's creative negligence. Why are they bringing back Stone Cold Steve Austin? Because they fucked up. Why are they bringing back Stone Cold Steve Austin? They have to sell 100,000 tickets times two. In the first week of April. That's not my fucking problem. I didn't ask them to run AT&T Stadium. I didn't ask them to fire 200 fucking people. The majority of which could have easily been given the opportunity to be the future of the WWE and be the next main event at WrestleMania. How many of those men and women did they fire that could have easily fit that role so where WWE doesn't need to look desperate and bring back a stone-cold Steve Austin at 57 years old. Stone-cold Steve Austin, last year, said this on his podcast on WWE Network to get me hooked again on it for one match. To me, it would be so anticlimactic. Go out there, do it, and then whatever the finish was, And then the people go home. But what does it all mean in the big picture? Stone Cold had a comeback and the match was a three and a half Meltzer five-star rating. It ain't great enough. And even if I crushed it, what does it mean? I just had to say, man, stay away. And I've stayed away. End quote. This was last year. This quote was a year old. And now we're talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back in 2022. I'm not saying that you can't be excited. I'm not saying that. You can be excited for whatever the fuck you want to be excited about. There are people out there, believe it or not, that are not in my age bracket. Some of you have not seen Stone Cold Steve Austin's entrance. Some of you haven't seen Stone Cold wrestle in the ring. I don't even know if this rumor is fucking legit. We don't know if he's coming back. 
I have my hopes that he doesn't come back just for the sake of his health. But there are people out there that have not seen Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle. I get it. It could be a big deal if it's one time only. But what does it really mean? He says it himself. He asks himself that question. What does it really mean? Does Stone Cold need the WWE? Does Stone Cold need their money? WWE has no dream matches for Stone Cold Steve Austin. That ship has fucking sailed and never came back. That one moment with CM Punk and WWE did not do it for whatever reason. Maybe they didn't want Stone Cold in the ring with Punk. Maybe they didn't want to give that type of rub to CM Punk. I I have no idea. But that match would have been a banger. Just based on everything that was going on with Punk at that time. To wrestle Stone Cold, who at that point would have been eight years younger. I mean, it, it all made sense then. Now you're bringing back Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's February 14th, 2022. WrestleMania is less than 60 days away. We got less than two months till WrestleMania. And you're now just asking Stone Cold Steve Austin to come back to the WWE to wrestle Kevin Owens? Don't you think this would be something that was in the pipeline or in the plans for months? They would have been planting seeds about this. Yeah, Kevin Owens using the fucking stunner for well over a year. They could have planted seeds then. You do realize that this is a last-ditch effort for WWE. I know it. You know it. These fucking journalists know it. They won't admit it. Some of them will. Some of them won't because they don't want to ruffle feathers. They still got to rub elbows with WWE PR to get those early news briefs, right? There are some people that will call it as they see it, but still be excited. There'll be people that don't call it, get excited, and act all fake. I'm not going to do that here. I'm somebody that raises awareness for the actual fucking problems of the company because I actively want to see the goddamn fucking show better. Most of these people don't. That's my problem with the fucking community, man. That's why I'm a fucking pariah in the community. All I want is a better show. Most people don't understand that. Why am I so negative? Why am I this? Why am I that? Why am I so anti-WWE? I'm not anti-WWE. I'm anti-bad television. That's what I want. Some people don't push the envelope enough. And you come off as a fucking cocksucker. That's what I think of you. The community is very simple-minded, man. You're all fucking lemmings. One person says something and the rest of you follow and fall right off the fucking cliff without asking any questions. Well, I don't want to risk my life here. I know I don't want to do that. I don't want to fucking go off the cliff, but I'm going to do it anyway because the journalists in the community with the check marks said so. Oh, they're excited. So I have to be excited as well. That's not my job. I don't give a fuck who likes me. I don't give a shit what wrestler hates me or has me blocked. I don't give a shit what you say about me. Because I know the goddamn job that I do here and how I am as a fucking fan. I speak for the fucking fans of this goddamn shit. I'm not anti-WWE. I'm anti-bad television. And what we're getting in WWE right now is fucking god-awful television. Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back reeks of desperation. 
two months before WrestleMania, you're asking Stone Cold to come back. Why? Like we don't know Shane McMahon wasn't fired by his own father? That's why he's coming back. WWE can't sell tickets. That's why he's coming back. I don't know if you guys were aware, AT&T Stadium's official Twitter account had a special Valentine's Day only deal. Two for one WrestleMania tickets. The tweet was deleted. I don't know who told them to take the tweet down, but I saw it. I saw the screenshot of it floating around after it was deleted. You guys think WWE's in a good place right now if they're forced to give two-for-one tickets to the fucking quote-unquote Super Bowl of professional wrestling? Yes, some Super Bowl, huh? I don't see any youth movement in WWE where we can call it a Super Bowl. We had two fucking teams in the Super Bowl on Sunday night in the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Two youthful fucking teams. Yes, I'm sure WWE is still claiming that WrestleMania is the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. When you're bringing in Goldberg and Ronda Rousey and Johnny Knoxville and a 57-year-old Shane or Stone Cold Steve Austin. Worse, Shane McMahon was originally a part of that. A 57-year-old Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. I don't see the MLB in the World Series. I don't see the NFL with the Super Bowl. Or I don't see the NBA with the NBA Finals. Or tennis with Wimbledon. Or PGA with the fucking PGA Open. Or the US Open. Or the Ryder Cup. I don't see any of these sports leagues Go out there and bring back a Jack Nicholas, a Phil Mickelson. I don't see them fucking asking Dennis Rodman to come back to the goddamn fucking NBA. I don't see them calling up Wayne Gretzky to go play for the fucking New York Rangers. I don't see the fucking New York Giants coming in and asking Phil Sims to go fucking quarterback for them. I don't hear the Jets call up WFAN if Boomer Esiason's still on there to get Boomer Esiason to go fucking quarterback for them. What about the Dolphins in Dan Marino? How about Joe Montana? Maybe if Joe Montana was fucking quarterback for the goddamn San Francisco 49ers instead of Garofalo, maybe they would have made the Super Bowl. Do you know how fucking ridiculous that sounds? Do you know how fucking ridiculous that sounds? Super Bowl of pro wrestling? You are a fucking mockery of pro wrestling. That's what you are. You can take your fucking WrestleMania bullshit and shove it so far up your ass, I hope I never see it again. Fucking bullshit. You don't want to be excited about Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back. You're actively against a better product. Actively. How many matches on WrestleMania does that make now that is actively omitting, omitting the current roster? Stone Cold Steve Austin, Johnny Knoxville, Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar. Who else? Who else? They'll continue to push who they want to push and leave off everybody else. That should have been given a fucking opportunity years ago. Years ago. But everybody wants to fucking get excited about Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back and wrestling Kevin Owens. I don't see the excitement in it. In fact, you're going to make me wish Shane McMahon was on the fucking show. 
What is Stone Cold going to come in and do? What, is he going to come in, stomp a mud hole in Kevin Owens, walk it dry, stun him, give him the finger, and then have a fucking 10-minute beer bath celebration? Yeah, that's a great fucking return to WWE, right? After the guy had a fucking tremendous send-off, you want to bring him fucking back to do this against Kevin Owens at WrestleMania because you're desperate to sell tickets and you can't based on the two-for-one deal that I saw earlier in the afternoon. Quite sad, Super Bowl of pro wrestling my ass. I don't see the NFL giving away fucking Super Bowl tickets, but here WWE is struggling to sell tickets to a venue that held the Super Bowl once before and sold it out instantly. Quite sad, Vince. Quite sad, Bruce. Maybe if you pushed the fucking people that we'd like to see on television and you didn't fire 200 fucking people who most of them went to AEW... Whether they're used or not is a moot point. They'll all get used at some point, but the fact that you actively neglected talent that could have easily made a WrestleMania main event to a point where you didn't have to bring back a Stone Cold Steve Austin and use these desperate fucking measures to sell your venue and get stars on television. You are actively showing everybody how fucking garbage You are not only creatively, but you're showing everybody that you actively don't give a single fucking shit about the goddamn locker room. No wonder morale is down in the locker room. I can only imagine how it personally fucking feels to see everybody in that locker room holding their head down, knowing that they'll never get an opportunity. When I'm the youthful guy here, they should be looking at me, but they want to call up fucking Stone Cold at 57 years old to come and wrestle Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Give me a fucking break. Give me a break. Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens should be a two-man fucking power trip on Monday Night Raw. Where's Rollins going? Where's Rollins? Maybe it's a tag team match. I have no fucking idea what their plans are because I don't see Rollins factoring into anything WWE title related or universal title related at WrestleMania. Does he get added to the Brock Lesnar match with Roman Reigns? I doubt it. I doubt it. Maybe he teams with Kevin Owens against Stone Cold and a partner of his choice. Who the fuck that is? I have no idea. But it's quite sad that everybody goes to the same fucking excuse. Oh, they got to sell tickets. Oh, they need to do this. Oh, they made this this amount of money. Oh, they made a billion here and a billion there. AEW is failing. AEW is going to go out of business. AEW didn't have the WWE Championship on the Super Bowl post-show like the Los Angeles Rams did. AEW never had one of their superstars as big as The Rock. The Rock was on the pre-show for the NFL Super Bowl last night. Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. You are exposing the active roster by welcoming Stone Cold Steve Austin back into the fold. And I would I would lose some respect for Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, I really would if he comes back after saying that. What would it mean? I stayed away. I've stayed away, he says. Why would he come back knowing that WWE is only using him to sell tickets that otherwise they're not going to be able to sell? If I'm stone cold and I'm seeing that, 
and seeing WWE's laziness on television on a weekly basis, and I know for a fact they're only using me to sell tickets that they are not going to sell, I would tell them to fuck off. You're not risking my health and giving me a blemish on my career to come back and help you. Why would I do that? What is in it for me? Do I need the money? No, I don't. Has Stone Cold ever needed the money? If Stone Cold wanted to be back, he would have been back already. He would have wrestled in the last 10 WrestleManias. Now he's going to come back against Kevin Owens? Who says Stone Cold even comes back? Because I know if I'm him, I'm not. You people need to wisen up, man. I swear to God, the, the, the wrestling community is some of the dumbest fucking group of people that I think I've ever been a part of. I swear to God, I wish Twitter would fucking die after this review is over. I really do. And then I got people telling, well, you don't got to be on Twitter. I mean, I'm sorry. Are you a business person? Do you run a business? Social media is one of the most... The, the, the top priorities of running a business is one of the most important aspects of running a fucking business. A popular and flourishing social media presence is going to actively drive business to whatever you're doing. Oh, JD doesn't need to be on Twitter. Yeah, you fucking moron. I do. That doesn't mean that it doesn't suck and that it's fucking cancerous and toxic. This is my argument to people. This is their argument back to, oh, you don't need to be on it. Of course I need to be on it. The fuck are you talking about? Every big name corporation has a goddamn Twitter presence or an Instagram presence, a social media presence. The dumbest fucking people reside in the IWC. I feel like I'm one of the standard bearers of fucking intelligence in this goddamn community. Really. There are very few people that are doing what I'm doing and speaking the fucking truth with absolutely no filter. The fact that you don't want to fucking hear it or don't like it doesn't mean I'm wrong. It just means to me that you're weak. You're one of the fucking people who reported this goddamn fucking story and got your dicks hard about a 57-year-old Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back while the active locker room that's there every single fucking week getting buried on a weekly basis, you're actively killing them. And you're actively telling them to go fuck off. I'd rather see Stone Cold Steve Austin because you're not as big as a star as Stone Cold or a Goldberg. Meanwhile, you place no blame on Vince or Bruce for the fucking decimation creatively of half their roster and the fucking morale being the lowest it's ever been coming out of the Royal Rumble. Shame on you. Shame on you. I don't need business one-on-one as to why WWE is begging Stone Cold Steve Austin to come back. I get why they're asking Stone, Stone Cold to come back. But when you tell me that, oh, it's for selling tickets, oh, it's uh, this and billions and millions and all this other fucking financial shit that nobody should give a fuck about. I've never seen so many fucking people care about strangers that don't even give a shit if they're alive or dead. I've never seen so many people care about strangers making money. It's so fucking sad. Go out and make your own. Why are you so, uh, 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 I guess, condemning of WWE? Why are you fucking praising WWE for their 
financial fucking prosperity. Why? It's, it's so bizarre to me. It is so bizarre to me. This is a shit fucking move that has more negative surrounding it than it is good. Get your fucking heart on. Bust your nut for five minutes. Stone Cold's going to be on WrestleMania. And what's going to be talked about? Is Ricochet going to be talked about? Is Chad Gable going to be talked about? Where's Ali? Ali's stuck for two and a half fucking years. Who else? Sasha Banks, Bailey, Asuka, Shotzi Blackheart, Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair. How many other countless fucking young talent on this show could use a fucking creative push to get them to the next level so that maybe the fucking fans give a shit about them? WWE doesn't do that. I guess they're not in the business of doing that. When Stone Cold comes back to wrestle at WrestleMania, how many people are going to remember anything else that happened on that show? Just think about that. Think about that. When you watch WrestleMania 38, this is WrestleMania 38 in 2022, okay? When you watch WrestleMania 38, who are the names that are going to be on the top of everybody's brain when they walk out of AT&T Stadium? Brock Lesnar, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ronda Rousey, Johnny Knoxville. He's not even a fucking pro wrestler. Guy had a fucking brain hemorrhage two years ago. You want to put him in the fucking ring against Sami Zayn and give Johnny Knoxville a fucking intercontinental championship match. Kurt Henning is ruining or is, is rolling over in his grave by WWE ruining the fucking historic legacy of that once glorious championship. Give me a fucking break. Ronda Rousey, Johnny Knoxville, Brock Lesnar, Charlotte Flair, right? How many fucking people are going to get the rub on this WrestleMania? Is there any new talent? No. No. It's all part-timers, and it's all fucking D-list movie actors and returning legends. Unbelievable how people don't get this shit and don't have a problem with it. You just bend over backwards and praise WWE for their great business moves. I don't give a fuck what business moves they make. They're making more money now than ever before, and it's not because of the television product. It's because of the TV deals that they're undeservedly getting. It's because of the blood money that's coming in every fucking quarter from Saudi Arabia. It's from Peacock. How much money from the billion is TV rights deals? and streaming deals, and Saudi Arabia. How much of that is actually coming from the actual on-screen television product creatively? Everybody wants to praise money, 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 money. I don't see people praising the fucking fact that I've been right for years. The creative is the worst it's ever been. When are we going to start putting our fucking voices towards the fucking creative product. When are we going to start putting our actions towards Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard? That's where it fucking hurts the most. Stop buying t-shirts. Stop going to this fucking garbage every single Monday and Friday. Stop supporting the fucking company. The ratings don't matter to them. We've tried that. We've tried that every single time and it doesn't work. You got to hit them where it hurts. When they are negative, one of these, one of these quarters, they're going to be negative. When they're negative, that's when they'll start to make 
some changes. Oh, we're not doing something right. As if money is the all-determining factor as to what happens with the television program and the creative. They're two different things. These fucking idiots in Stanford, Connecticut don't realize that if the fucking product was better, they'd be making more than, th- than their billion every year. It may be 1.5. It may be 1.6 billion. But the fact that your television product sucks and you are, you are out there claiming that it's, it's great and Vince finds no fault in it, which is a crock of shit, you could be making more money, but you refuse to because you're making the billion that you are. Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back is a fucking disgrace. It really is. I don't know who the fuck actively would be excited about that. You know, the nostalgia thing is so done and over and done with. I don't know how anybody could get excited about that. I really, really don't. And who are the Usos going to defend the tag team championships against? That's another thing. You know, there was even a fucking point in time where people were rumoring that the Usos were going to defend the titles against the Dudley boys because they were using 3D as their finishing move. Is this WrestleMania going to be, let's bring back legends and part-timers to fill the fucking gaps because our roster sucks, WrestleMania. It's unbelievable how nobody brings the problems of the current show to the forefront, but you all want to drop your pants and jerk off in a circle jerk with sap and fucking everybody else in the center of it, giving you news, jerking off to this fucking bullshit that another legend's coming back. Aren't you fucking people done and over over and done with with the legends Goldberg coming back, right? I don't give a fuck how long Stone Cold Steve Austin's been away. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that in the ring. So that's the rumor. That's the rumor. WWE is begging Stone Cold Steve Austin to come back. It is what it is. It is what it is, man. We'll see what happens. If I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin, I have every fucking right to tell them no. And if they get their answer of no, what is WWE going to do then? Huh? Maybe they'll actually be forced to use their fucking brain for once. This is your Monday Night Raw review right here on Off The Script. I appreciate you guys joining me on Monday nights, wherever you may be. It is now early Tuesday morning. Tonight's show sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use code SCRIPT20 to get that 20% off and free shipping. Make sure you guys hit up my boys over at Manscaped, bro. Hopefully you guys have already done that for Valentine's Day. But listen, man, Manscaped is good 365 days a year, just not on Valentine's Day, man. You should be looking your best, feeling your best, smelling your best with Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout. For that 20% off and free shipping. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on that bell for notifications. Make sure you guys also go and check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, man. Podcast last week. Live streams last week. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome, man. Brand new week of content. We'll be rolling right along through the week. Tonight, we got Raw tomorrow. I'll be live for Vengeance Day, NXT. Wednesday, Dynamite with Jesse. Thursday, Off the Scripts, episode 413. Friday, SmackDown. Saturday, Elimination Chamber, man. Busy, busy week right here on OTS. Also, thank you to everybody 
that said hello at the House of Glory show on Saturday night, man. We had a great show. Jay White was in the house against Cashflow Cam Broadway. Charles Mason showed everybody why he's going to be the best villain in all of pro wrestling when all is said and done. Low-key defended the Crown Jewel Championship against Jay Lethal. And Salamance and I were on commentary for it all, man. And we got a banger coming up on March 11th. This will be on Fight TV. The House of Glory Tag Team Champions, the Lucha Brothers, that's Ray Phoenix, returning to action with his brother Pentagon. will be defending those House of Glory Tag Team Championships against the Briscoe Brothers. This will be the biggest main event in House of Glory for 2022. And my God, there will be carnage. There will be chaos. There will be bloodshed. I'm going to be there right there with Solomon Monster Man, drinking it all in. Absolutely unfucking believable. That will be on Fight TV. March 11th, 8 p.m. Fight TV. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, man. Please hit that subscribe button. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. 764 likes right now. We need 1,000 minimum in the live stream chat. Get those super chats in. Jesse's pouring the shots all night. He's behind the bar tonight, man. I told him, bro, put the tacos down. We got work to do. So get those super chats in. Also, make sure you guys become a VIP right here on the podcast. Hit that join button. You guys get access to those emotes and those badges next to your name. Become a VIP right here on Off The Scripts. And I want to thank everybody that's already signed up and extended their membership. It really, really warms my heart to know that you guys support the podcast the way you do every single week right here on Off The Scripts. Let's get to Monday Night Raw, man. I don't want to spend too much time on Monday Night Raw because the show itself was largely unimportant. But Monday Night Raw opened up with Bobby Lashley. Lashley's talking about how he has to win the Elimination Chamber before he enters WrestleMania 38 as champion. He goes on about his challengers having failed and he's destroyed them all. MVP goes on about Lashley's chances at retaining the title on Saturday. Out comes Seth Rollins. So you kind of know where this is all going. It's one of those very formulaic, typical WWE intros to a show where you got one person in the ring, somebody comes out, their theme music goes off, they interrupt, and it's the same process, rinse and repeat, with four or five other guys to follow. It's the same shit. Largely, largely the reason as to why the show fucking sucks every single week. They refuse to change. It's the same shit every week. Rollins says Lashley looks good right now, but he's not as good as he is, and he doesn't look as good as he does. Rollins says Lashley won't be champion for long. He gets into the ring, and he doesn't believe anyone else in the chamber can beat Lashley, but he knows that Seth freaking Rollins can. You know how ridiculous it is on commentary where they are calling Seth Rollins moves in the ring? Oh, Falcon Arrow by Seth freaking Rollins. Oh, Frog Splash by Seth freaking Rollins. Figure four by Seth freaking Rollins. 
This is why WWE sucks. They are so unnatural in everything that they do. They got their fucking choice words that they jam down your throat, and it just turns the viewer off. It really does. Ah, Seth Rollins, or Seth freaking Rollins scratches his nutsack as we go to commercial break. Ridiculous. MVP interrupts Rollins and says, Rollins, if he keeps running his mouth like that, he won't make it to the elimination chamber. Out comes Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle's wearing a fucking toga. He's going all WrestleMania 9 on us, is Matt Riddle. Riddle does his promo and says it would be pretty cool if he became a double champion by winning the WWE title and winning the Raw Tag Team titles again with Randy Orton. He says it would be even cooler if they came to his toga party. Riddle comments on Rollins' suit and says he needs to get ready to face Orton tonight. Then he tells Lashley uh, he doesn't have a match and should be wearing a toga. Riddle tries to get a chant going for the fans to encourage Lashley to wear a toga. It did not work in Indianapolis, Indiana. I guess they don't like togas in Indiana. Theory comes out, Austin Theory that is. He goes on about how he cannot let the WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon down as his protege. It's funny, Vince McMahon lets us down every fucking week, so what's the problem? AJ Styles interrupts. He makes a comment on Theory having his lips planted on Vince's ass for so long. He's not making sense. AJ doesn't want to lose in the chamber again. He enters the ring with everybody else and says no one, including Lashley, will stop him from defining or having a defining WrestleMania moment. AJ also is looking forward to becoming the United States champion tonight and then going on to win the WWE championship at the Elimination Chamber. He says Theory is too wet behind the ears and he needs to wait. Rollins needs to realize there's no way he's running against Lashley and Riddle needs to come down off his cloud if he really thinks he's becoming the WWE champion and AJ simply isn't going to have that WrestleMania dream he's hoping for. This is all said by Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley cut everybody down in the ring after AJ Styles spoke. Lashley plans on beating Brock Lesnar again in the chamber, all over the chamber, and then he will enter WrestleMania as WWE champion. Brock Lesnar obviously comes out. He interrupts. He takes off his cowboy hat that he's wearing. And he's in the ring smiling. Lesnar stares down the other participants here in the ring. He takes off his jacket. He used Austin Theory as a coat rack. He put his cowboy hat on Austin Theory. He put his jacket on Austin Theory. He was a human coat rack, was Austin Theory. Lashley takes off his jacket, and now they are face-to-face. Lashley and Lesnar. They have some words. MVP backs Lashley off. Rollins is talking some trash in the corner like a, like a little bitch, Rollins. Theory leaps onto Lesnar's back. Lesnar launches him with two German suplexes. Lashley and MVP exit. Everybody else exits. Theory's left alone with Lesnar. He eats an F5 in the middle of the ring. And that was pretty much it. Lesnar takes Theory's cell phone, picks him up off the mat, holds him up for a selfie, and Lesnar continues to stare down Bobby Lashley as the segment comes to an end. This entire segment was as formulaic as anything WWE does. It's boring. I don't believe that there are people that wrote this shit on a script 
and expected it to get anybody excited about the Elimination Chamber. This did nothing to enhance my excitement about the Elimination Chamber. In fact, it made me want to change the fucking channel because WWE refuses to fucking change anything that they do. It sounds so awful. And this is one of the things I changed, but Vince McMahon apparently is happy with the fucking product. Bobby Lashley's out there flubbering his fucking promo, can't cut a promo, stumbling over his fucking words, and then you got Rollins, he comes out, theme music. Riddle comes out, theme music. Austin Theory comes out, theme music. AJ Styles comes out, theme music. I mean, it, it, it looks so fucking produced. It almost doesn't even feel like I'm watching a pro wrestling show. A pro wrestling show. It doesn't. This entire segment was about Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Everybody else, WWE wants you to know right out of the gate that they are nothing more than background players. That's all they are. This is about Lashley and Lesnar. This is going to be the final two in the Elimination Chamber, and Bobby Lashley is going to drop the title back to Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar is going to WrestleMania as the WWE Champion. Title versus title versus Roman. Roman's going to be the Universal and WWE Champion. He will be appearing on both Monday night and Friday night, because WWE will be without Brock Lesnar for the duration of the spring going into SummerSlam. That is their mindset. There will be no Lita. There will be no Stone Cold Steve Austin. There will be no Johnny Knoxville. Ronda Rousey, we don't know what her schedule is going to be after WrestleMania. Lesnar will not be there. Roman Reigns is going to carry the load because WWE doesn't have anybody that's even on the same planet as Roman Reigns in WWE. It's the way it's going to be. Street Profits are backstage. They went back to their old gimmick as hype men, hyping up the commercial-free first hour on Sci-Fi from Monday Night Raw. But they do have a match. The Dirty Dogs and the Street Profits on Monday Night Raw. It's great. It's great. The one thing about this match that I'm already fearful of is Tommaso Ciampa. Yes. No, it's not Tuesday night. No, this is not NXT. Tommaso Ciampa was on WWE Monday Night Raw tonight. He got no intro. He got no entrance music, no entrance, nothing. He just randomly appeared on commentary with a nameplate, Tommaso Ciampa. Sitting on commentary, apparently he's feuding with Dolph Ziggler, who may be the next in line after Braun Breaker tomorrow night runs through Santos Escobar for the NXT Championship at Vengeance Day. Dolph Ziggler may be going on down to NXT to have a little feud with Mr. Breaker. And Tommaso Ciampa will probably be involved in that as he's backing up Braun Breaker and helping him ward off all these different attacks now that he's the top dog in NXT. He was on commentary tonight. So does that mean Tommaso Ciampa at some point in time after WrestleMania will be appearing on Monday Night Raw? God, I hope not. God, do I hope not. Tommaso Ciampa on Monday Night Raw sounds great. I love Ciampa. Ciampa is beloved in this household. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, the greatest storyline 
that WWE has done since Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Tommaso Ciampa is fucking incredible. But it's very difficult to get excited about Tommaso Ciampa when we all know what happens to NXT talent, especially Triple H NXT talent, when they make their way to the main roster. You think Ciampa's going to win championship gold on Monday Night Raw? I highly doubt it. The guy's a main event caliber performer. He won't even advance past the, the United States championship on Monday night. And that's a goddamn fucking shame. It's a goddamn fucking shame. He's on commentary. So Ziggler, he fell, he, he fell outside the ring and Champa got up to clap for him, you know, like he usually does. Ziggler then... Fake doing a super kick and Champa flinched as if he was as if he was going to be hit with a super kick. Champa responded by throwing water in Ziggler's face. We're already booking Tommaso Champa like shit, and all he did was a fucking commentary spot. When when have you ever seen Tommaso Champa throw anything in anybody's face? A bottle of water in somebody's face, really? Tommaso Ciampa wanted to prove a fucking point. He'd get in there and give this guy a fucking ass whipping. Hey, let me throw water at him. Yeah, that's really going to get the job done. This distraction allowed Angelo Dawkins to give Robert Root a spine buster. Montez Ford followed up with one of the ugliest frog splashes that Montez Ford has executed in possibly ever. The height was there. The landing was awful. Oh, my goodness. He got a little bit too much Charlotte Flair on that landing. Too much knee on that landing. Frog splash, one, two, three, and that was it. Ziggler knocked Champa down with a super kick after the match. Shree Profits tried to attack Ziggler, but he bailed into the crowd. Looks like we're getting Champa versus Ziggler, man. That's his first feud. Starting off right with Dolph Ziggler, huh? Yeah, it's great. Really exciting. Really exciting. It's almost like a fucking curse being in there with Dolph Ziggler. Apollo Crews, Commander Aziz, and many others were backstage dressed in togas. We've seen Zelina Vega, Carmella, Cruz. Riddle comes in and gets a broga chant going. And then he's arguing with Vega. Vega thought that this party was all about her. Waving her hand in a very regal and royal way. Matt Rule says, this isn't for you. This isn't your party. Kevin Patrick is backstage with Randy Orton. And he's not at the Broga party. He's not impressed with this party-like atmosphere. Patrick asks why Orton isn't at the Broga party. Orton says he's not really the Broga kind of guy. Plus, he's got a match with Seth Rollins that he's got to get ready for. He goes on and... Gives Rollins some props, saying, this is why he's the architect, man. He's one of the most wily guys in the locker room. He's one of the most intelligent guys in the locker room. And he's going to get hit by the three most dangerous letters in WWE. R-K-O. Not R-K-Bro. R-K-O. WWE once again planting seeds that Randy Orton is pretty much over and done with, with Matt Riddle's antics. We may be looking at Matt Riddle versus Randy Orton 
at WrestleMania, which at this juncture may be the one match I'm genuinely looking forward to because it puts over fresh new talents. What a concept. Black History Month, WWE did yet another promo vignette video package on Rocky Johnson. The same one that aired on SmackDown. The same one that aired on Raw. We got WWE doing two weeks in a row of Rocky Johnson during Black History Month. I didn't know Rocky Johnson was the only black WWE athlete. It's kind of sad. It's kind of pathetic. It's kind of deaf, uh, tone deaf for WWE to go and do that. It's kind of disrespectful, to be quite honest with you. There are no other black athletes in WWE that they could make video packages on. It's got to be about Rocky Johnson. Give me a break. We've seen it once. We got YouTube. Why don't you go and create something else for somebody else to give them some notoriety during Black History Month? Just a thought. Damian Priest. He defended the United States Championship against AJ Styles because AJ Styles beat him last week in a championship contenders match. But Vince thinks the current product, there's nothing wrong with the current product. Champions got to lose to then get the challenger championship match. This match went five minutes. There's things that I don't like on Monday Night Raw. It's Damian Priest and AJ Styles going five minutes for the United States Championship. Barely any time to make anything feel important here for the United States Championship. Short match. They played off last week's outcome where Priest came off the rope. Styles went for the phenomenal forearm, but Priest avoided it, rolled him up instead. For the one, two, three, Styles was shocked, but he shook Priest's hand at the end of the match, giving him a sign of respect. So it was a situation where Damian Priest has been losing, and he was not well prepared in last week's match. He came prepared this week. He knew what to look out for. He avoided it. He rolled AJ Styles up and got the roll-up victory, and he retained the United States Championship. Great. Now AJ Styles goes to the back of the line. AJ Styles goes to the back of the line. No more United States Championship matches for you. In something that could be a legit United States Championship feud, I don't know, maybe develop a story around them. Maybe this could be something for these guys to do. Now AJ's going into the Elimination Chamber. He's not going to win that. Damian Priest just beat AJ Styles for the United States Championship when it mattered. Now he doesn't get another opportunity. To the back of the line, AJ goes. Now what does Damian Priest do? Who's next? He's beaten everybody, right? Who's next? Where's Finn Balor? That's what I want to know. Seems like Austin Theory may be the number one bet to get that United States Championship match against Damian Priest. But I don't know why they had Damian Priest lose almost a month straight of matches when it probably would have been beneficial to them to continue building up Priest. If you want to give Austin Theory the title shot, have Austin Theory beat Damian Priest at WrestleMania and be the first guy to have pinned Damian Priest in over a year and a half. No, but I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Damian Priest wins. He retains the United States Championship. We got an Alexa Bliss therapy segment again. Again. It looks like we may be over these therapy segments. 
Her look is changing week by week. She, and I, me- I mentioned this on the podcast the last several weeks, she's no longer looking like the Alexis Playground version of Alexa Bliss. She's looking more and more like the old goddess Alexa Bliss, which WWE actually trademarked not too long ago. Bliss says, for the first time in a while, life is amazing. The therapist presents Bliss with the leftover pieces of the original Lily. This is his gift to her so she can have closure and be at peace. Bliss starts to have some internal problems here, thinking back to all the bad things, seeing Lily all ripped up. But she brings it together, and at the end of this, she smiles. So then the therapist holds up an actual Lily doll and says he has an idea. And all of a sudden, the segment comes to an end. I don't know what the idea was, but Alexa Bliss is looking a little bit more normal each and every week we see her in these therapy sessions. We got Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. This was a handicap match. Two-on-one against the mighty... (laughs) Omas... Who we've all who we, we've all been missing on this show, you know? We've all been missing Omas. I started to get genuinely concerned when we didn't see Omas up here after the Royal Rumble. Omas pinned Alexander after a giant Kali tree slam, double choke slam, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And that was pretty much it. Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. They entered to Hurt Business theme music with Hurt Business graphics, and they had Hurt Business wrestling gear. Please tell me how you have nothing creatively for these men without actually telling me you have nothing creatively for these men. You know, these guys could be a great tag team on Monday Night Raw. I don't see you using Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin to their full potential there, Bruce. Brucey, what's going on, bro? You know, this was a complete waste of time. Omos gets a victory, and it doesn't matter the moment it's over. Do you have plans for Omos that he squashed Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, two top-tier professional wrestlers on this on this brand, that you have no creative direction for, that you're still claiming that are the Hurt Business? Why don't we just cut the act? Seriously, just future endeavor, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, just let them go now and spare them the fucking trouble because that's exactly what is going to happen to them after WrestleMania is over. Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin will be fired due to budget cuts after the fucking WrestleMania season is over. Just get it out of the way. Why are we prolonging the inevitable here? Omos wins in about one minute. Nobody gives a fuck about Omos, and nobody will ever give a fuck about Omos. The guy is as talentless as they fucking come. WWE had a 24-7 championship segment with Dana Brooke and Mr. Friendzone, Reginald. Reggie and Dana are at a restaurant having a Valentine's Day dinner. They're enjoying this date together. Nothing worse than being in the friend zone, but having to pay for a fucking extravagant dinner with somebody that you're not going to score with. 
It's great. We've all been there. They're enjoying this special date together. We see Tamina Snuka and Akira Tozawa dressed as an elderly couple sitting in the back of the restaurant. Tozawa asks Tamina what she's having, but she yells at him, we're not eating. We're not eating anything off the menu. And that's pretty much that. So they're sitting at dinner in the same restaurant, contemplating how they're going to get the 24-7 title off of Dana Brooke. To step up from catering, though, Dana didn't have to cook tonight. Reggie took her out to a fancy restaurant. Adam Pierce, he's in the ring hosting a contract signing with Lita and Becky Lynch for the Elimination Chamber match and the Raw Women's Championship. So Pierce introduces Lita. He then introduces Becky Lynch. Pierce tells them to sign, make it official. Becky Lynch comes out all disheveled and unhappy about everything. Becky tells her, Lita, Lita, you don't have to do this. Don't do this. Don't make it official. Lynch says she hasn't slept all week because all she can think about is how her teenage idol came for her so close to WrestleMania. Becky Lynch then goes on and on and says she will let it slide if Lita doesn't sign this contract. She says they don't want to fight each other. The only ones that want to see them fight are these demented people who get off on ruining people's lives. Lynch then says she and Lita don't need to play these games. She asks the fans, Lita does, is that what they want? She goes on and says she's not just in this for a match. She has a whole run left in her and a championship run at that. Lita says Lynch saw last week that she has what it takes to beat her and she can like it or not, but the match is happening in Saudi Arabia. Lita signs the contract. Lynch is getting a little bit more angry and agitated here and says Lita is pushing her to a point she can't come back from. Lynch says Lita doesn't know what she will do to keep the title on her shoulder. She studied Lita's career and Lita is going to make her go for the neck. Lynch threatens Lita some more, but she signs the contract anyway. Lita brings up how Lynch just said there would be no Becky Lynch without Lita. And she says, if I had a hand in creating you, then it's on me to end your career. She goes on about talking about the title and taking the title on Saturday. Lynch throws the contract at Lita. She takes her title, holds her head, and walks in a very depressing way down the aisleway. This was one of the more enter- uh, unentertaining segments on the show. Um, I was falling asleep during all of this because none of these words, none of these back and forth promos mean anything to me whatsoever. Lita is back, and she's back for one reason and one reason only, and that's because WWE has nobody else in the women's division that's actively there every week to challenge Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. She's back for a payday herself after blasting WWE for doing business with Saudi Arabia. She's back and now has no problem going over there and accepting a huge payday. So good for Lita, I guess, but she went back on her word. Lita is as dull as dishwater when she speaks. And Becky Lynch, I don't know who the fuck she's trying to be. I don't know what she's trying to be. I don't know how anybody could give a fuck about Becky Lynch. The 
character of Becky Lynch is so god-awful that it has ruined her entire run. It's ruined her entire run. I don't know who the fuck she is or what she's trying to be. So in turn, when I'm watching that as a viewer, I don't know who the fuck Becky Lynch is or why I should care. And I love how WWE claims that Becky Lynch is Raw Women's Champion for 500 plus days. Really now? I'm sorry, wasn't Becky Lynch out for about 10, 11 months having a child? I mean, she was out for nine, came back quicker than we all really expected her to come back. But who the fuck was champion while she was out? It was Asuka and Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. I don't give a fuck about Charlotte. But while she was out, there were three different Raw Women's Champions. Are we just going to now pretend that those champions didn't exist because Becky Lynch claims that she was never defeated as Raw Women's Champion? And what a way to bury three fucking title reigns because we got to make Becky Lynch in this terrible reign look better than she really is. What an awful fucking character. I don't know how anybody is here clamoring to see Becky Lynch. Gauntlet match. This one came out of left field. This wasn't even advertised on WWE's website. It wasn't advertised on social media. WWE just threw a gauntlet match out there because this is what they typically do before the elimination chamber. Let's fill TV time with 40 minutes of nonsensical bullshit because we don't really have any other ideas to fill this three-hour shit show called Monday Night Raw. Rhea Ripley started it off with Nikki T-R-A-S-H. So we got this gauntlet match going. Nikki was being very aggressive at the start. Controlled the match. Ripley beat her with a riptide. One, two, three. Went about five minutes. Rhea Ripley then went one-on-one with Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan was number three outs in this gauntlet match. By the way, the winner of this gauntlet match... You get the final slot, the final chamber slot at the Elimination Chamber on Saturday afternoon. You come out in the number six position. I'll get to that in a second because WWE clearly didn't think what they were doing before they actually went on the air and gave you this gauntlet match. So Liv Morgan came out at number three. This went about four minutes. Liv Morgan looked pretty decent here. Morgan was in control. Ripley caught her in a standing cloverleaf. Morgan got to the ropes to break the hole. Ripley wouldn't let go. Morgan drove her into the turnbuckle. Ripley came right back with a super kick, which wobbled Liv Morgan. She ate a riptide. One, two, three. So Liv Morgan is defeated. Nikki T-R-A-S-H is defeated. Rhea Ripley beats them in less than 10 minutes. Rhea Ripley goes up against Dodrop. This went about five minutes. This is the first time that these two have wrestled on Monday Night Raw, apparently. And I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I vividly remember a six-woman tag team match where both of these women were involved. But I'm, I'm to believe that this is legitimately the first time that these two were in the ring together. Maybe I'm not supposed to know that. Vince, Bruce, right? Give me a break. So... This was actually not bad. I'd like to see a one-on-one match that actually means something with these two ladies. 
So Ripley picked up the pinfall here, basically in the end with a riptide. She was kind of winded and kind of running low on energy, being that she's already beat Nikki, T-R-A-S-H, and Liv Morgan here, and then she has to go through Doedrop. So she beats Doedrop with a riptide, which didn't really look like a riptide, looked like more of a choke slam, but it was a riptide nonetheless, and she beats Doedrop in about five minutes. So she beats Nikki Ash in five minutes. She beats Liv Morgan in five minutes, or four minutes, and she beats Doedrop in five minutes. So Rhea Ripley's gone about 15 minutes. In this gauntlet match. So. Bianca Belair. Is the final competitor in this gauntlet match. She comes out last. The announcers. The announcers say that Rhea Ripley's been in this match for 30 plus minutes. I don't know if Jimmy Smith or Byron Saxton can do fucking simple mathematics. But. She beat Nikki Ash in about five minutes. Liv Morgan, she beat in four minutes. And Rhea Ripley is up against Doedrop. She beat Doedrop in five minutes. So by my calculations, that's 14 minutes she's been in the ring. But the commentary team said that Rhea Ripley was in the ring for over 30 minutes. Why do they do and say such ridiculous shit? You, you do realize that you're making me look stupid. You're taking me to be a fucking fool. So when I hear something like that, I'm like, that is not true. You're full of shit. She hasn't been in the ring for 30 minutes. The Scotland match did not go 30 fucking minutes. The match with Bianca Belair was easily the best of them all. Clearly. So they said this is another first time that these two ladies have been in the ring. I'm I'm assuming that they were never in the Royal Rumble last year together one-on-one, right? These, these two ladies have never been in the ring together one-on-one, right? These things were said on commentary. Botch after botch after botch after botch in this entire gauntlet match. Am I? Do I look like a fucking dummy to you? Holy shit. Who the fuck writes this shit? So, Belair was in control here, clearly being the fresher of the two. Belair gave Ripley a glam slam. Goes for a cover, only gets a two count. They then counted each other's finishers here before slapping each other in a slapping contest. Belair slammed Rhea Ripley off the top rope before Ripley got to her knees or got her knees up with the standing moonsault attempt. Ripley followed with a missile drop kick for a near fall. Belair fought back with the spine buster. KOD for the pinfall. Very good. Crowd was into it. Belair and Ripley hugged each other after the match was over. Bianca Belair is getting the final spot in the women's elimination chamber. Now, my question is, when I'm looking at this and I'm seeing this gauntlet match that wasn't really all that good, but props to Rhea Ripley for going the 20-plus minutes that were in this thing. It was nowhere near 32 minutes before the Belair match. My question is, WWE said the winner of this gauntlet match is going to get the number six position in the Elimination Chamber. How can that be when you only have five people of the six in this gauntlet match? You're actively leaving out the number six participant, which in this case is a mystery participant. 
How exactly is that fair for said mystery participant to not participate in this gauntlet match and vie for that number six position? From that mystery opponent, that mystery participant, I'm fucking pissed. But somehow this makes it into the WWE finalized script from Monday Night Raw. Did nobody else catch this fucking major logic gap? Now, granted, they don't need to be in the match because they missed the gauntlet match. I guess I could look at it in a positive light there. The mystery opponent doesn't have to wrestle a gauntlet match. Seeing the gauntlet match, it wasn't all that gauntlet-like. But the fact that the number six participant is Bianca Belair and the mystery opponent didn't have an opportunity to fight for that number six spot is rather ridiculous. Rather ridiculous. What happened? Who's calling me a botch in the chat? Who's calling me a botch in the chat? What, what, did, what exactly did I botch? What exactly did I botch? Did I botch anything? Who's got some fucking words now? I don't really understand you people. What did I botch? Hooligrim's in the chat. Mess around and call JD a botch and see what happens. I don't really understand what's going on. The match was okay. The botch comes in the gauntlet match with all the fucking terrible commentary. And the fact that the logic gap exists where the number six participants, Bel Air, but we only had five participants. Fucking ridiculous. Bianca Belair's number six, Rhea Ripley was probably the star of the night. So we go back to the toga party. WWE's got this toga party continuing with uh, Matt Riddle here. All right, Hula Grimm, DM me, bro. I don't know. Get rid of him. Just get rid of him. I don't even give. I don't even give a fuck who they are. Just get rid of him. Joking or not, you hear you, you're getting free entertainment, and then you want to joke about me. I'm not joking about anything, man. I'm fucking dead serious here. Just get him the fuck out. We got the toga party with uh, Matt Riddle. That's continuing. He's singing and playing guitar now. Chad Gable and Otis come and attack Riddle, beat him up. Gable is sick of this party. Says the party is over, bro. Alpha Academy then goes out to the ring and wrestles the Mysterios. Like we haven't seen this fucking match before. Alpha Academy gets the victory over the Mysterios. This was a non-title match, by the way, which I was actually surprised by. Gable was in control. After the Mysterios were in control for a little bit at the beginning, suplexes, Dominic dodged the moonsault, used the schoolboy roll-up for a two. Ray tagged in, gave Gable a hurricanrana and a kick to the head. Ray uh, was distracted by the Miz, who's out there. And Gable followed with a German suplex. Ray Mysterio came back with a bulldog, but Otis broke up the cover. The Mysterios drove Otis into the ring post on the outside before Gable gave a before giving Gable a double six one nine. Miz hopped on the apron, but Mysterio took him out with a seated senton. This actually distracted Dominic, and the extra time allowed Gable to reverse a flying crossbody into a roll-up for the pinfall. Not bad, but we've seen it a thousand fucking times. How many times can we see the same match happen over and over and over again? Maurice entered the ring and distracted the Mysterios. I believe she slapped Ray allowing Miz to chuck Dominic from the ring. 
before giving Ray a skull-crushing finale. WWE booked Miz versus Rey Mysterio at the Elimination Chamber. Great. Nobody gives a fuck about anything the Miz is in. Should be a fucking bathroom break. Let me get up and make another cup of coffee match at the Elimination Chamber. Back to therapy with Alexa Bliss. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. Alexa Bliss and her therapist. Doctor says Bliss is cured, at least as cured as she's going to be. He says she will be fine as long as Lily is by her side. Bliss says Lily is gone and she no longer has her, but he informs her that the real Lily stuffing is inside this replica he's given her. He says as long as Lily is near, Bliss will be cured and can live a happy life. Great. So we all want Alexa Bliss to move on from this fucking Lily the Doll bullshit, but Lily the Doll will still be apparently a part of the Alexa Bliss act as... Alexa Bliss is going to need Lily the doll for comfort. She will be near and everything will be okay. Oh my fucking God. Let me go vomit in the fucking corner. And people got problems with fucking Orange Cassidy and Danhausen on AEW. Meanwhile, we got fucking dolls that are continuing to use magic to cure Alexa Bliss. Great. Great. Says as long as Lily is near, Bliss will be cured and can live a happy life. Bliss thanks the doc and tells Lily that apparently she's cured. She laughs and says in the most anticlimactic way possible, I'm going to the elimination chamber on Saturday. Then the announcers and a graphic confirms Bliss is the final participant in the elimination chamber. Great, Alexa Bliss is fucking well enough to wrestle in the Elimination Chamber, and she's well enough to fly to Saudi Arabia, but Alexa Bliss couldn't make it to the gauntlet match and wrestle like everybody else did in the fucking division. I see where this is going and going fast. Alexa Bliss, as always, doing everything she could possibly do to get out of actually wrestling. Great. I can't wait for her to be back on television and go back and do the same shit that she did before, which was absolutely nothing. Yes, I'm sure that's going to add great value to the fucking terrible women's division that we have right now. Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton. This was their main event. How many times WWE had the commentary team Mention Seth freaking Rollins. And how many times had the commentary team fucking mention this is a WrestleMania caliber match? Everything's a WrestleMania caliber match. When Randy Orton is in the ring with an AJ Styles, or Randy Orton's in the ring with a Seth Rollins. Great. Great. Let's not do it 16 fucking times on Raw and maybe build it to be a WrestleMania match. When you do it as many times as we've seen it, it doesn't really feel like a WrestleMania match anymore, Bruce. Rollins was in control here. And he gave Orton a back suplex. or Actually, Orton gave him a back suplex on the announce table, which is the regular spot now. That Orton does in his match. It's like Bobby Lashley spearing somebody through the timekeeper's area. 
So Rollins blocked the draping DDT, followed with a flying knee strike, followed that with a suicide dive. Rollins did a vertical suplex, but Orton came back with a superplex, which looked nasty for a two count. They went back and forth. Rollins hit a sling blade. Orton countered a curb stomp into a power slam, which looked nice. Rollins followed with a super kick, went for a cover, got a two count. Rollins hit consecutive elbow strikes, but Orton dodged the stomp again, followed with a draping DDT and an RKO. Out comes Alpha Academy, Otis and Chad Gable. Their music hits. And as Gable and Otis run out, Riddle attacked them from behind. Orton went after Otis and Gable to help Riddle, but had to hurry back to avoid a countout. As Orton slid back in the ring, Rollins delivered the stomp for the one, two, three. I don't really get why this match happened. I, I, I don't really understand why this match happened. Clearly, Seth Rollins can't lose because he's going into the Elimination Chamber with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley and Matt Riddle and AJ Styles and Austin Theory. He can't lose and look weak going into the Elimination Chamber. Randy Orton has a tag team title match coming up. When? I don't know. I don't know if it's at the Chamber or if it's going to be safe for Monday Night Raw. But he's got a tag team title opportunity against the Alpha Academy and Matt Riddle and Orton are going for the tag team titles. You would think that they can't lose either, right? But here they are, WWE, yet again, booking themselves into a fucking corner, and both guys need to win, and then one of them lose, and I don't understand why, at the end of the match, why the match was even fucking booked in the first place. Who looks good and who looks bad? Rollins looks good. Orton looks bad. I don't know why we can't fucking have both guys look good going into their respective matches. But what the fuck do I know? That's why wins and losses don't matter in WWE. They matter to me. They don't matter to the fucking idiots out there who take wins and losses for granted. WrestleMania caliber match, my asshole. Nothing on this show was WrestleMania caliber. This show sucked. Thank you guys for joining me on your Monday nights. We're going to go over the Super Chats in just a little bit. Continue to hit that thumbs up, guys. We are 50 away from 1,000. 1,000 is the goal minimum tonight on the podcast. Continue to get those Super Chats in. It is last call at the bar. So get them on in, man. Continue to hit that join button. Become a VIP right here on the podcast. And please follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. We just hit 38,000. I believe it's 38, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see. I believe it's 38,000 followers we just hit on Twitter. 37,000. We just hit 37,000 followers on Twitter, man. I appreciate you guys very much. And make sure you guys hit up my sponsor for today's show, man, Manscaped. Manscaped.com, man. I hope you guys got ready for Valentine's Day tonight. I really hope you guys got ready for Valentine's Day tonight. Whatever you did before the show tonight, I hope Manscaped was a part of it, man. I hope you guys joined the 4 million men worldwide who have trusted Manscaped 
to be the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Everybody's getting an exclusive offer for listening to the Monday Night Raw post show tonight from Manscaped. You guys are going to go to manscaped.com and use code SCRIPT20 at checkout. Not only are you going to get that 20% off, you're going to get that free shipping as well. So make sure you guys go and hit up Manscaped. They got the performance package 4.0 that includes the star of the show, the lawnmower 4.0. This is an electric trimmer that's designed to trim hair on loose skin. It's got advanced skin-safe technology. It reduces nicks and cuts everywhere on your body. It's waterproof, and it's got a 4,000K LED spotlight, so you guys can shave even in the dark if you wanted to. They also have the weed whacker, the ear and nose hair trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds in those pesky spots. Manscaped is even throwing in two free gifts, man. The shed travel bag, which I use everywhere I go, and the anti-chafing boxer briefs. They also have the crop preserver and the crop reviver ball toner. Make sure you guys start your day off with the deodorant that your boys need to stay cool all day long. And the toner is going to make you feel your best all day long. And night. If you guys want to go the extra mile, they even got the Manscaped Refined Cologne that will complement your collection with smelling of perfection. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout for that 20% off and free shipping. Make sure you guys join Manscaped's family. That is Manscaped.com, and I want to thank them once again for joining and sponsoring the OTS family right here on the Monday Night Raw post-show. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. We're going to start at the top with Michelle Moran with a $5 Super Chat. Two reasons why Dominic is behind Hook and the Four Pillars. One, he works for Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And not TK. And number two, he is taught WWE style and not pro wrestling. Yeah, Dominic is well behind Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, MJF. He's well behind Hook. He's even he's even behind Nick Wayne. Everybody was making a big deal about Nick Wayne this uh, this weekend, man. Darby Allen showed up at a, at a Defy show and offered Nick Wayne a AEW contract at 16 years old. It's not an active contract because he can't join AEW until he's 18 years old. Everybody's making a big deal about this. So what I did is I went back and researched who the fuck Nick Wayne was. Guy reminds me a lot of Will Ospreay, man. A lot of Will Ospreay. And that is going to be a, a major, major thing, man. Looking forward to the future there. No question. Tony Brown with a 499. I miss the best booty, Bailey. Bailey's got uh, some nice assets, Tony Brown. I think that is pretty much known to most circles in the IWC. She knows it too. Michelle Moran with a five-dollar super chat, showing some love to the best podcast in the IWC. JD, keep speaking the truth and ignore the e drones. And while I'm at it, fuck Bill Goldberg. Yes, fuck Bill Goldberg. Very important. Ryan Heisler with a 199 Super Chat. Something Resident Evil coming at 2 a.m. Eastern. 
Oh, yeah. Hopefully it's that Resident Evil 4 remake, man. Resident Evil 4 is the best Resident Evil of the entire series. I don't want to hear any lip from anybody. It's better than two. It's better than one. And I loved Village. The best Resident Evil of them all. MGM ballin' for the 499 Super Chat. Had such a bummer of a weekend, so I didn't watch Raw tonight to prevent myself from even more pain. Hopefully the venue makes me feel better. Bro, the venue always makes you feel better. Always, bro. The beverages are always ice cold. The cocktails are always made to perfection. Titus is pumping out the best fucking bar food in the business. And you got me. Thank you, ballin'. The Professional Gamer with a $2 Super Chat. JD, can anyone save WWE from bad creative? WWE equals trash. Yeah. There is somebody that can save WWE from bad creative. You're looking at him. Christian with a $9.99 Super Chat. Did you hear that Alexa Bliss is going to be in the Elimination Chamber match on Saturday? Clearly, Christian, I watched the show tonight. Do I care? No. I don't give a single shit. Uh, Jesse, your tacos are not sold here, bro. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to sell you space outside the venue, bro. Maybe, maybe we'll get you a food truck out there, man. Maybe. Don't worry, Brog. Listen. Listen, man. When the weather gets nicer, maybe we'll incorporate the, the taco truck to the whole OTS fucking universe here, man. Maybe. I'll surprise you one day, man. I'll surprise you. Uh, Lauren Hunt with a 11-month membership. Thank you, Lauren Hunt, for the recommitment. That is a beautiful thing to say. Another boring Raw. I had my hopes up for a great main event with Rollins Orton, but of course, the end with the distraction. Priest Styles was good. I don't think anything was good on this show outside of Rhea Ripley. Believe it or not, Rhea Ripley was the best part of this show. Lauren Hutton with a $2 super chat to follow the recommitment. WWE wants Stone Cold at Mania. Yes. Yes, they do. Desperation. Is WWE Christian with a 1999 Super Chat? Who is your favorite team in basketball? Christian, I don't watch the NBA. MLB only, bro. I don't watch. I don't really watch anything but baseball. Lauren Hunt with a $2 Super Chat. Mimosa, please. Also, Lauren Hunt with a $2 Super Chat. So Rollins was a face with Roman, but a heel on Raw. Yeah. Christian with a $50 super chat. I want Brock Lesnar to win the Elimination Chamber match, and I want Roman Reigns to kick Goldberg's ass this Saturday. Christian, you're probably going to get your wish on both of those situations. Joseph King with a $5 super chat. I marked out when I saw my guy Switchblade, Jay White, on AEW television. This is setting up for an Elite vs. Bullet Club feud in the future. Blood and Guts match. More than likely. 
who will be a part of this blood and guts match. I don't know. It's going to be kind of uh, intense for Kenny Omega to come back after being out so long, healing his injuries to get thrown into a blood and guts match. Lauren Hutton with a $2 Super Chat. Looks like Manny is going to be terrible again. WrestleMania is terrible every year. WrestleMania was largely terrible when Brian won the world championship. If it wasn't for Brian, that would have been one of the worst WrestleManias of all time. Trey Van Garrick with a 499 Super Chat. Honestly, if Stone Cold even comes back, no one on that roster is deserving of even facing him. Certainly not Kevin Owens. They have no stars. Trey, I made all the points that one could possibly make as to why this is such a terrible thing. I'm not saying you can't get excited for Stone Cold, but just know that you are actively a part of the problem. You are actively a part of the WWE dilemma. I don't want any part of it. Christian with a $100 bomb. Alexa Bliss looks so hot today. Alexa Bliss is a very lovely lady. Thank you, Christian. Christian, I'm going to have to sell you some fucking equity in the goddamn venue, bro. You keep super chatting me like this, bro. You're a fucking savage, man. Listen, man, you know, I see Jesse talking about the halftime show for the Super Bowl last night. That was probably one of the more enjoyable halftime shows of the Super Bowl that I've seen in many years. I was telling Jesse, man, you know, you see somebody like Dr. Dre, I've always respected Eminem for, for his his delivery and his lyrics. But you look at somebody like Dr. Dre, man, and and you can see how talented Dr. Dre is. It's not my style of music at all, but I I can appreciate a good musician. Dr. Dre, you know, there's something about Dr. Dre. There's something about those old school rappers, bro. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, they, they they got a presence about them that I don't even think, I don't know a fucking single person nowadays in in this current genre of hip hop or rap. None of them even come close. I don't know who they are. But none of them would would ever even come close to the presence of a Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, man. Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, they're the type of guy, if I could put it in wrestling terminology, it's it's almost as if Brian Danielson's in the ring wrestling and he's having a five-star fucking match. He commands your attention, man. You're not, you're not doing anything. You're not getting up to go to the bathroom. You're going to watch this fucking guy be a master of his craft. They command your attention on stage. And that's the one thing that really kind of jumped out of the TV screen while watching that yesterday. I can appreciate that, man. I, I Listen, I can appreciate that. I really can. Then he got on the piano and fucking played piano. I mean, he's... Talented fucking guys, man. You can't teach that. You can't. Christian, thank you for the 100 bomb, bro. Lauren Hutton with a $5 super chat. Some of my mania predictions. Lesnar versus Reigns, title versus title. Orton versus Riddle. Stone Cold versus Owens. Becky versus Bianca. Charlotte versus Ronda. Naomi versus Sonya. Usos, Viking Raiders. Cena McIntyre. 
Is WWE going to bring back John Cena? UA Hey with a $100 super chat. UA Hey donates $100 in super chat and just says hello. UA Hey, what are you drinking tonight, brother? I don't even know if you're, I don't even know if you're still in the bar. You still here? Christian with a $50 super chat. Monday Night Raw is the most stupidest show ever. Christian, it makes me lose brain cells every fucking week, bro. Lauren Hunt with a $2 super chat. Vince says he sees nothing wrong with the product. Now, I could come up with a laundry list of fucking problems in WWE and deliver it personally to Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Kendrick Lamar, bro. I would have, I would have, I would have nixed. Kendrick Lamar creatively, and I would have given more time to Dr. Dre, bro. I would have given more time to Dre and Eminem, to be honest with you. I think Kendrick Lamar was the worst part of that fucking uh, halftime show. Christian with a 99.99 super chat. This guy is absolutely fucking unbelievable, bro. I'm not getting the WWE 2K22 wrestling game. That is too boring to get. I'll check it out, Christian. Hopefully they uh, give me a free fucking code. Resident Evil 2 is not the best Resident Evil. Resident Evil 4 is the best Resident Evil in the entire series. Christian with a 499 Super Chat. People need to stop watching Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown and watch more AEW. I absolutely agree. Jesse, what do I need to learn, bro? I just said, give Dre more time and get Kendrick Lamar out of there, bro. I didn't like I didn't like his performance, bro. What do you want me to say? I would have loved to see more Dre. Lauren Hunt with a $2 super chat. Yeah, I don't like Kendrick Lamar. I'm out of touch. You and Cena spot on. RKO said Kayfabe is dead. We didn't even get a Veer Mahan fucking promo today. They didn't even put that in the goddamn show. Is Kendrick Lamar legendary? Man, I don't... I listen, man. I didn't even. I didn't know. I didn't even know who the fuck he was before last night. I heard of him. I never heard anything he does. Wool hat demon with a five dollar super chat. If not Austin, what's next? Hulk Hogan. Bro, listen. I think the analogy I gave you uh, with the whole fucking legends across all sports analogy I gave you. WrestleMania is not the Super Bowl of professional wrestling, man. It's supposed to be the best of the best. A 57-year-old Stone Cold Steve Austin is not the best of the best. He was the best of the best 25 years ago.
Uh, Jay Tadar Rome. You're lucky you got a 300 second banning, bro. I listen to Devil Worshippers. Let me tell you something, bro. All your favorite musicians are fucking satanic and masonic, bro. The fuck out of here with that shit. Every single fucking person you listen to, bro, worships Satan. Who was that rapper with the fucking devil shoes, man, that came out last year? Give me a fucking break, man. Get him out. You know what? Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Jay Tadarome. Hooligram. Get him out of here. Not, don't even ban him. Through, just ban him permanently. Get him out of here. Just get him out of here. Even the bands I listen to, man, they all worship Satan. They all worship the devil. How do you think they got where they are? Metallica fucking Satan worshippers. Ozzy, Osborne, right? Judas Priest. All the same shit. How, how, do, you think, how do you think all these big musici- musicians got where they are, bro? You think I'm fucking stupid? Little Nas X, yeah. You think something that blatant is just done as a joke? Give me a break, bro. They're fucking playing you for a fiddle. WWE themselves are satanic. Satanic imagery everywhere, man. Look at Malachi Black. Then he wants to go on Jericho's podcast and claim he's not a Satanist. Fuck out of here. The the thing with Slayer is, Slayer, yeah, they they sing it, they play it, but Tom Araya is as Christian as they come. Tom Araya, their lead singer, is, is a church-going individual and he sings it against his religion, man. What do you... What, what? Put two and two together there. Come on. They're all a part of the Illuminati, Keith. They're all a part of the Illuminati, man. Christian with a 1999 Super Chat. You are fun to watch every Monday and Wednesday and Friday nights. I appreciate you, Christian. Christian, you... you you're you're going above and beyond, bro. Above and beyond. Lauren Hunt with a $2 super chat. We aren't anti-WW, we're just bad writing, so I agree. Bradley Robinette with a 199 super chat. Stone Cold to Russell at 57. God awful AEW forever. Jairo Gonzalez with a 50 in Mexican pesos. I read some report that NBC and Fox are not willing to renew the WWE contracts with the current amount of money. They are so desperate. It's their own fucking fault. Look yourselves in the mirror. You're the reason why NBC and Fox aren't willing to renew at the current amount of money. Dennis Rivera becomes a new member. Thank you, Dennis. What are you drinking, brother? Welcome to the venue. C. Salisbury with a 999 Super Chat. Hey, JD, still basking in the glory of my guy Keith Lee's debut last week. Just wanted to show some support and thanks for all you do, man. Salisbury, I appreciate you, brother. Ricardo with a $10 super chat. It is ironic that Vince vowed to never let anyone get as big as Stone Cold again by burying them before they could get too over. 
And Eddie calls Stone Cold back at 57 because of his failures. How old is Sting? Sting is 62 years old. Sting is aiding in the career of Darby Allen. Sting is not coming back to steal WrestleMania spots from a roster that hasn't been given any opportunity creatively. It's a big fucking difference. And if you bring up Sting and compare it to Stone Cold Steve Austin, I'm going to have Hulugrim kick you out of the fucking venue, never to return again. It's not the same thing. Ricardo Linnell, thank you very much, brother. Kratos becomes a new member, man. Thank you so much for signing up to be a VIP. Nate. 999 Super Chat. Been listening since Oldberg buried the fiend in Saudi. Got me to watch AEW since Omega beat Mox. I am anti-bad television. You're more than on a roll. You're the giant shining asteroid in the IWC. And I'm coming down to crash into fucking everybody, bro. Leaving carnage in my fucking wake. Thank you, Nate. Aaron King with the $3 Super Chat. Twitter's full of smelly basement dwellers. Twitter is fucking toxic garbage. If it blew up tomorrow, I wouldn't shed a tear. The Gary Sphere with the $5 Super Chat. This Saturday, Brock celebrates Black History Month by continuing to feed off every black WWE champion. Just a joke, everyone. Don't start throwing stuff. You ain't that far off, Gary. You ain't that far off, bro. Brian Jaffe with a $5 Super Chat. Amazing to think that the IC title was once so highly regarded that the Hogan-Warrior match from WrestleMania 6 was title versus title. Yeah, the Intercontinental Championship is fucking dead, bro. Mr. Perfect is rolling over in his grave, bro. Nate with a 199 Super Chat. Oh, my brother, testify! Paul Van Tassel becomes a member for 15 months. Thank you, Paul Van Tassel. The only way I will see Stone Cold Steve Austin is the host of this year's WrestleMania. Listen, man, they're going to... They're going to ask him to get into the ring, bro. There's no there's no hosting this year on the resume. They want him in the ring wrestling. Kratos becomes a member for 19 months, but I just thought you became a new member, bro. Maybe you got two memberships going on. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Finally beat my first master vault of glass over watching Raw tonight and wanting to keep my VIP spot. Hashtag fuck those other guys. JD, seven-year subscriber. Hashtag OTS. You got that master vault of, vault of glass done, brother. Did you get the, uh, I don't know what the hell the, the time loss weapon was. I got my time loss fate bringer. That's all I give a shit about. Very excited for the Witch Queen on Tuesday next week, bro. If we can get in day of. It's usually a fucking nightmare. Shakoi with a $4 in Super Chat. I believe Marks will say, what about Sting? And how he's 62 years old and still wrestling. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. 
instant bench if you start bringing up Sting and Stone Cold and comparing them in the same sentence. Gary Benson, or Gregory Benson, I'm sorry. Gregory Benson with a 999 Super Chat. Sorry, Gary. I should be giving you a 999 Super Chat. I guess that, that dementia is finally kicking in for 76-year-old Vince McMahon saying that there's nothing wrong with the WWE product. Happy Valentine's Day. Keep being you, JD. Thank you, Gregory. Hopefully you had a good Valentine's Day as well, brother. Johnny Cloud becomes a member for six months. Six months strong. Keep up the good work, bro. Thank you, Johnny Strong. Oh, Johnny Cloud. Johnny Cloud. Gregory Benson. Love you guys, man. Thank you. Justin Stripling with a 999 Super Chat. What are your thoughts on Brock Lesnar saying that the wrestlers should focus on putting S's in seats instead of focusing on doing their next high spot to get over on the Pat McAfee show? How can they put S's in seats if their asses aren't on television? How can they put S's in seats if they're not given anything creatively fulfilling to do? It's pretty much that they're forced to do the next high spot to get over because WWE doesn't do anything to help them get over. Brock Lesnar's quote is very skewed. There's only one Brock Lesnar. It's very unfair of Brock Lesnar to say that about everybody else when he's at the position he's at because of who he is. Julian Torres with a 199 Super Chat. JD, awesome week. First went to AC meet and greet, then hog. Julian, I saw you, brother. Thank you so much for coming to the meet and greet and coming up to me after the show was over, bro. Hopefully you enjoyed that. It's going to be a fucking chaotic event on March 11th. Hopefully you stop by for that, too. Stick World Mayor with a $2 Super Chat. Give him the love, JD. If I could sing as well as Doc, I'd say it like Doc. Happy Valentine's Day, VIPs. Thank you, Stick World. Mick Swagger with a $5 Super Chat. Played 2K19 the whole three hours. Do you have a creative character on that one? OTS for life, baby. Uh, Mick Swagger, I don't believe I do. I didn't, uh... I didn't play much of 2K19, bro. I don't envy anybody that still plays that shit, man. Justin Stripling with a 499 Super Chat. Also, I was let down of the Liquid Death Super Bowl commercial since they didn't give you a call to be in their commercial. I heard their customer service is fucking very uh, snobby. Like, I don't drink the fucking shit every live stream, right? And I heard the mango and the lime are not good at all. So I didn't even bother ordering them. They told me they were going to send me some complimentary boxes to test on the show. They didn't even send them yet. I didn't get anything yet. Kenny Omega Goat with an Australia mite. $2.99 in Super Chat. Yes, Liquid Death had a commercial. It was, uh, I believe, in my area, it aired after the game was over. Uh, thoughts on ECW One Night Stand 2005. Excellent. I enjoyed 2006 One Night Stand better. Sunny Impact. $5 Super Chat. Man, WWE is so desperate it's sad. This is the most lackluster Mania card I can remember. Also, if you're into metal, you should go check out Barry Tomorrow. Sounds like, uh, it sounds like it's fronted by Bruce Pritchard. Sounds like the name of his band, man. Barry Tomorrow. 
Bruce Pritchard on vocals, Vince McMahon on bass, Kevin Dunn on drums, and Nick Khan on lead guitar. Barry Tomorrow. Their debut album, Signing Those Checks. Or uh, cashing those checks, it should be. They don't sign any checks. They're actively getting rid of fucking talent. What checks are they signing? Kenny Omega go with another $7.99 in Australia, mate. Super chat. Funny going back and watching. You've been saying WWE's the worst it's ever been for seven years straight. Yeah, I've been saying that, Omega Goat. I've been saying that, and it's absolutely factual information. Seems like it's an ongoing fucking competition in WWE. How can we get worse than the last year? Yeah, their new album, Future Endeavored. I gotta have fun with that one, man. Their new album, In the Grave. I'm not a big Overkill fan. Uh, Sunny Impact. I appreciate you. Kenny Omega, go. thank you so much, guys, for the uh, super chats. You guys killed it tonight. We just hit 1,000 likes. Thank, thank you, guys, for all that uh, support today, man. We got some great support on the live stream tonight. We're, at, we're about to get out of here. I'm very excited, man. I got myself a new microphone. Has a birthday gift. Uh, I'm getting it on Thursday, so hopefully we have fun with that. On Friday, I got this new microphone. I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to test out, man. This thing's gonna be a fucking beast. If you guys are uh, into microphones or into tech or anything like that, I was uh, doing some research. The Earthworks Ethos XLR Broadcasting Microphone, man. I'm getting that bad boy on Thursday. Supposedly one of the best broadcast microphones in the entire industry. I'm getting that on Thursday. Uh, my Rode... My Rode Procaster microphone is going to uh, take a little bit of a hiatus, man. When I get a bigger office, this this may be my video game microphone. So it's going into uh, hibernation for a little bit. Jesse, what the fuck is one more day, man? What are, you, what are you counting down? One more day for what? Is Lee Johnson got another ass kicking coming to you, bro? What's going on? Julia Hart going to kick you in the fucking nutsack? What's going on? Let me get out of here. Hold on. Let me get into the fucking car, man. What am I doing? I'm over here fucking talking to you guys about microphones and whatnot. And then Jesse's fucking counting down one more day, one more day. What's my outro music? This is Pilot, The Return. How much was the microphone, Adam? I don't like to tell secrets, bro. Go look it up. Anyway, guys, uh, listen, I appreciate you all. Thank you for stopping by. Um, I'll be live tomorrow for NXT Vengeance Day. Let's have some fun. Let's show show up in the venue. I'm hoping for about uh, 1,500, 1,600. Let's make it a decent crowd. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. Go check out the other videos. I got another podcast coming tomorrow. 
Going to be a busy week, guys. I'll be here for you all, getting you all the news. And go check out Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20. Guys, I'm getting out of here, man. Going to hop on Destiny for a little bit and get my last week of grinding in before the new expansion. Give me those guitar emojis. Give me those Mustang emojis. And let me hear that music on max. I'll see you guys on Tuesday night for NXT Vengeance Day right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.